0: All right, you heard it here first. Simon can do whatever he wants, so prepare yourself. That could be interesting. Uh, it's amazing to have you here. Uh, James said that you don't get a golden crown uh, just for coming to ten Sundays in a row, but I think that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know about you, I think that. Imagine we're all sitting here with uh, with golden crowns. That'll be pretty epic, right? New church merch: golden crowns. I think that would be awesome it's amazing to be here this morning uh, just making sure my notes are in order here uh, and yeah as James said we're just in a standalone week uh, we've wrapped up the series on um, the I am series looking at the I am statements of Jesus uh, recorded in the book of John and it was such a good series it was so epic uh, if you missed any of those I'd really encourage you go and catch up on YouTube it was so brilliant uh, and I think it was a real um, defining moment for us as a church as we just took the opportunity to say who does Jesus say that he is and what does that mean to us and what should it mean uh, to our lives? Uh, and then we're we're, we're just uh, alone today, ready for Simon to do whatever he wants. But next week we're jumping into a brand new series, and uh, the new series we're going to be doing from next week on is a four-part series uh, on wisdom, and it's uh, wisdom uh, that we get from the Bible, wisdom of God. How many of you know that we all we, we could all use some wisdom in life, right? Uh, the Bible is full of practical wisdom for life, uh, and we want to speak into that. And so that's going to be the, the new series that we jump into next week, which I'm really excited about, and it's a new term, and city groups are kicking off, and so uh, a lot of exciting things happening in in the life of the church. Amen. Cool. Well, what I'm going to do today, you know, uh, we're in... um, the year of the theme, the prophetic direction of His presence. Uh, I think it's been brilliant. I think God's already reusing this prophetic theme in 2023 uh, to shape us and to direct us as a church. Uh, And much of what we'll be speaking speaking about, thank you production, that reminded me of something, uh, is, I'll get to it now, but much of what we'll be speaking about is based in the Psalms. Uh, And uh, so I'm excited about a lot of that this year, and I'm going to be in a Psalm uh, today. Uh, Before I do that, production has reminded me, uh, first of all, just to say uh, thank you and well done to everyone involved in rearranging our parking and kids registration system. Uh, can we just thank them for that this morning? I think it went really well. And uh Yeah, new one, new parking area, new kids registration, Uh, change is good, Uh, and thank you for cooperating with that. Uh, You'll just see there behind me, that's the system, I'm sure you uh, picked it up for yourselves this morning, but if you're registering kids, uh, you're going to be primarily parked on the left of the screen there. Obviously, there's the new staircase coming up, and you can register kids and move on. Uh, The red is going to be out of bounds for a long time, that's construction zone. If you're not dropping off kids, there's some general parking available for you up there, and then priority parking is the disabled, parents with babies in prams, and the elderly, you are still more than welcome to come all the way to the top here. You can get in easy, and so please, if you fall into any of those categories, don't feel that you need to take the staircase. Uh, you are able to come through over here and would be more than help, uh, willing to help you with that. Uh, even if you just need to be dropped off and your driver goes back down, it's absolutely fine. Uh, our parking team is there to help you, uh, and so please do a smile at them as they smile at you uh, and give them some love and appreciation. They are here to serve all of us through this process. Is that good? Awesome. All right, cool. Uh, well now I'm gonna jump into the the psalm for the day. Uh, funnily enough, at the 8 a.m. someone came to me and said, as soon as you mentioned you're gonna be in a psalm, I turned to my wife and said, Psalm 27. And that is where we are today. And God spoke very meaningfully to that couple this morning through the psalm. And I believe that God is going to speak very meaningfully to all of us this morning through the psalm, because He always does. He speaks to us through His Word. Uh, I think He speaks very uh, especially to us uh, through the psalms, because we can identify when, we, when we're in the psalms and we read what the psalmist is saying and what he's going through, uh, we, we can identify with that, and we can see how uh, God used him in that moment. And so Psalm 27 Uh, We're going to read through the whole thing up front. You can follow along on the Sky Bible behind or on your own device or Bible. uh, And then we're going to jump into some takeaways from it. So verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's awesome, right? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet will I be confident. Verse 4, I love. It says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, one thing that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, All the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verse 5, for he will hide me. This is beautiful. He will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Verse seven then changes a bit. It says, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said to me, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. But the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. And then, verse 13, it's beautiful. It says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. And then it ends, wait. For the Lord, Amen. And so we're in this Psalm today, and I think it's—I don't know if you like me, but I often find myself in the Psalms. When I go to the Bible, I'm often in the Psalms. I think they—they're they're beautiful, and I think there's something about the Psalms that do bring us comfort, because you can look at David over here, for example, and what he's going through, and you know that what he went through, we go through today as well, and we can get comfort from that. The Psalms have a way of expressing things that we're feeling. Sometimes we don't have the words, but the Psalms have a way of expressing the things that, that we're feeling and teaching us how we could best respond to the things that we're feeling, to the things that we're going through. And so as we spend a lot of time in the Psalms this year, I believe God's going to help us with that, help express what we're feeling, help express what we're going through and help us how to best respond to that. And so there's 150 Psalms in the Bible, and uh, I think we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, half of those Psalms, 75 of them, uh, were written by David. Put up your hand if you've ever heard of this guy, David, in the Bible. No, okay. <laughs> David, King David, uh, he's the author of about half of the Psalms. And in this specific Psalm, now we, we don't know exactly, we can't say for sure at what part of his life David would have written uh, this Psalm, but basically, um, He's in, he's in trouble. He speaks of being in trouble. He speaks of enemies all around him. Uh, he's facing uh, problems in his life. And so uh, it would make sense to us that probably it was when he was on the run from King Saul. It would make sense. He's been chased by his enemies. He's been slandered by false witnesses. Uh, if if you know anything about David, he, he did face his fair deal of trouble. And so poor David, through his life, had problems, had trouble, had enemies coming after him. It would make sense that it could have been as, as Saul was, was after him. And it came out of nowhere, it was unexpected, it was unannounced, it was completely unpredictable. Nobody knew anything about it, and it truly caused an entire planet to spin into a place of fear, right? And that's what can happen. Fear sets in. And fear is dangerous for us as humans, because what does it do? It causes us to lose direction, Fear causes you to lose direction. Fear causes you to lose priority in your life. Suddenly you're all over the place. Suddenly you're scattered. You've lost that direction. You've lost the priorities that you know because suddenly you're fearful. I think that this psalm that we're going to look at today is so good at helping us to get through those moments, get through times of fear. And so I'd encourage you to be taking notes this morning. There's a lot of practical application for us as we go through this. The first point that we take out of this is my light, salvation, and strength. My light, salvation, and strength. I just love these first verses of the psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble And they who fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. I think that. That first verse of the psalm is so epic. Actually, as I was going through this, I kept finding these verses that I think I want to print out and put up on my wall in my office. You know, maybe that's something we need to start doing, sticking up these things. The the Lord is my light and my salvation and my strength. You see, David is declaring a mass of truth in the very first verse of the psalm. He's declaring it because he knows that it is true. He knows he's been through times of trouble. He's seen this all before, but he's declaring, even in a time of crisis, no, 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 the Lord is my light. God is my salvation. God is my strength. And so therefore, he's asking the question, and and I want to ask it to you today again, why should I be afraid? If you believe this this morning, that God is your light and strength and salvation, why should you live afraid? See, David knows this. In times of troubles, he knows it. What I really love about how David expresses this in the psalm is how personal he makes it. He says here that uh, he doesn't just say that God is light and God is salvation and God is strength, right? What does he say? God is my light. God is my salvation, right? God is my strength. He's making it personal about himself because that is why he knows he, he should not be afraid. He knows it. There's an intimacy in how he speaks. It's my light, my strength, my salvation. And God has always desired that intimacy from us. God has always desired that intimate relationship with us, that you can stand before him. And I wonder this morning, is that true of you? Can you stand here this morning and have that intimate relationship with God that says, God, you're not just light, you are my light. You're not just salvation, you're my salvation. I've experienced it because I know you. I have an intimate relationship with you. Strength, God, I don't rely on anything. Anyone else's strength, I rely on your strength, because it comes out of an intimate personal relationship that I have with you. I wonder if we can relate to God like that even this morning. And so God, David tells us that God is, first of all, He's light. God is my light. He's saying that the light has overcome the darkness. God is light, and he has overcome the darkness. And you know that light has to dispel darkness. When there is a light in a dark room, it has to dispel the darkness. And that is what Jesus has done. He has dispelled the darkness. The world might be dark, but Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. How many of you know the world is dark? I don't know if you you know you can have conversations these days at Bryce, and it can very quickly spiral down into the dark world that we live in. That things are dark, that things are difficult, that things are troublesome. We're living in a time that is just dark. But what David is so brilliantly reminding us to say, no, 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 God is my light, there is a light. And it dispels the darkness. And so that is how he chooses to live, out of the personal relationship. And so it comes down to how we decide to live. It comes down to how we, how, how we decide to speak. You know, when you're with your mates around the brow, how do you speak? Do you speak about the darkness or do you speak about the light? Amen? Maybe God is saying to us, we need to stop speaking so much about the darkness and start speaking more about the light. Jesus has dispelled the darkness. There is hope and it is in Jesus. So he says, God is my light. The second thing he says is that God is my salvation. This is epic because not only do we serve a God who gives us eternal salvation, and so many of us in this room know what it is to be eternally saved by God, that one day we will spend eternity worshiping him. Not only does God give us eternal salvation, what we pick up here is that God gives us immediate salvation in times of crisis. God can literally save you from disaster in an instant. By show of hands, how many of you believe that you've experienced God saving you from crisis in a moment? Look at that. I love it. God is my salvation. And so he comes through for you in your crisis. He comes through for you in your storm. He is your salvation. It speaks about God's ability to save and deliver us from a place of harm. And so even if people come at you like hungry animals ready to devour you. I love how he says to eat your flesh. I don't know how many of you have anyone coming after you to eat your flesh at the moment. But if they're coming after you like angry animals to devour you, God is your salvation. Amen? That line of that song, I don't know if you know the song that says, It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. God is saying this morning, it might look like you're surrounded but you're surrounded by him. You're surrounded by his salvation. And that's what he wants you to know this morning. He is your salvation. And then the last thing that he says is that God is my strength. Everybody says strength. Yeah, you got to say it as if it's strong, right? Strength. God is our strength. Now, we know that David was strong in and of himself, but even David did not rely upon his strength. He didn't rely on external strength either. He relied purely on the strength of God for all the days of his life. God wants to remind us this morning, rely on the strength of God for all the days of your life. All the days of your life 24-7. You don't call on God to be your strength just for today. You call on God to be the strength for you tomorrow and the next day and next week and all the days of your life. How many of you know that storms will come and you need to hold on to the strength that comes from God, amen? He is your strength and God is the stronghold of your life. God is a strong place of protection over you. How beautiful is that? Protection over you. I think we sung it earlier It says, Romans 8, 31, if God is for you, who can be against you? His strength is there for you. If God is for you, there is nothing and no one that can stand against you. And so God's strength and his protection cause us to not be afraid. So you see what's going on here? We have to overcome fear with what God says that he is. I am your light, I am your salvation, I am your strength. And so you don't have to live ever in a place of fear. Even like David, when we're being besieged, when we're facing storms, when it feels like all hell has broken loose around us, we know that we can live fearlessly in the face of the storm because God is a God who replaces fear with confidence. That's what David says. He gives me confidence. You see, David has seen this all before. He's gone through this before, but he stands firm on the truth that he knows about God, that when storms hit, when crisis hits, you can stand firm on the truth of what you already know about God, that I'm not concerned. I'm concerning myself with that. I'm concerning myself with God is my light and God is my salvation and God is my strength. And so I walk in that every day of my life. Amen, amen. The second thing that we pick up in this is uh, one thing. I love this verse four. It says one thing. It speaks of a single-mindedness, right? One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high up upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted high above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy, and then don't forget I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Amen. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Singing, making melody as part of our worship is so important. Sing and make melody to the Lord. I wonder how you would finish that first verse. One thing I have asked of the Lord, dot, dot, dot. If I could let you uh, just say, what is that one thing? that I'd, It's like the genie in the bottle, right? Uh, you, you can ask for one wish, and then what is your one wish? You ask for a hundred more, right? If you could ask one thing of the Lord. David says it's to dwell in the house of the Lord. Once God asked Solomon a similar question, you can read about it in 1 Kings. And Solomon asked uh, for wisdom in his leadership, which was a good answer, but I think God prefers David's answer. Because David's saying, my one desire, my deepest desire, my single focused desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, to be in the presence of God 24-7-365. My one desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And I love this perspective that David gives us over here. He's saying that, sure, enemies may attack me. They might be coming after me to eat my flesh. Storms may come. Evildoers may come. A whole army of evildoers might surround me. But actually, that's not my concern. David's saying, Yes, I know it's coming. I've been there before. Every one of us in this room can say, I know the storms are coming. We've been there before. But David has given us such a good perspective. Right? There's a bird in the speaker. He's saying, (laughs) I love it. I mean, I've I've said we need to add sound effects to our sermons for years now. Uh, Keep it more, you know, we've got the screen now. We just need... He's saying, I know it's coming, but I'm not concerning myself with that. What I'm actually concerning myself with is what I'm actually seeking after single-mindedly is that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Isn't that awesome this morning? I think that's another printout that I want in my office. In fact, when I got saved when I was 16 years old, God gave me this revelation For the local church, and I decided that I'm going to give myself to serve in him through the local church for the rest of my life. But he gave me this revelation of his house and being dwell, dwelling in his house and being in his presence all the days of my life. And, and so like David, that is what I have decided to concern myself with all the days of my life. I'm throwing myself at this all the days of my life. Because David says, I know what could come, but I'm not concerning myself with this. The thing I'm most concerned about is to be in the presence of God all the days of my life. Because how many of you know in the presence of God, you will have everything that you need? God gives you everything that you need in the presence of God. And and I love that that is our prophetic direction for this year. His presence. His presence. I believe God's already shaping and moving our church so beautifully in this theme. That as we say, we want to go deeper and deeper into your presence. We don't want to concern ourselves with anything else but your presence. And as we go deeper into your presence, we can take that out to people who so desperately need it so that they can find that for themselves. Amen. I love it found in his presence. And there's two things that David says here about being found in his presence, being found in the house of the Lord. The first thing he speaks about is gazing. such an interesting concept, gazing. How do you gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? Well, I think there's some ways that we can do it. You know, the ways that we can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord is we can gaze upon his beauty by being in the word. I want to encourage us again this morning to be in his word. Because how many of you know the more time you spend in his word, the more you start looking like him, the more effect you start having for him. And you can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord just by being in his word. Just by being in a psalm like this and looking through it verse by verse, you gaze in upon the beauty of the Lord. You can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in worship. I mean, how many of you just love to worship, right? We're a church that loves to worship. I want to remind you that worship is not restricted to 20 minutes on a Sunday morning singing four songs, right? Right? Worship is our life. Worship is every single day. And you can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord by being in worship all the time. You can gaze upon the beauty of the Lord by being in fellowship with one another. Do you know fellowship is something that's so unique to the church, to the expression of church that when we're together like this with one another, we're fellowshipping with God's people, it's another, how many of you know when you leave this place, you feel better because you've been with God, you've been with God's people. We've worshiped and prayed. We've been in God's word. We've been together. That is gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. And so it's about enjoying Him. God wants us to enjoy Him. He wants us to enjoy His presence. That's what we get, gazing upon the Lord. And then the second thing it says is inquiring. In his temple. It's not talking about any earthly temple. It's talking about the beauty of God. It means to to study at God's feet. And I, I want to say what better way is there to spend your entire life than filling your heart and your mind with the goodness of God. That's what he wants from us. We gaze upon him, we inquire of him, that we might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. There is no better place than the Father's house. I want to say there's ultimate joy in the Father's house. I want to tell you today that there is a place for you in the Father's house. And maybe you don't know it yet. Maybe you haven't experienced it yet. But there is a place for you in God's presence. Amen. And God might be calling you even this morning, if you have not yet discovered that, to discover that afresh, that everything that you will ever need in this life can be found in the presence of God. Amen. It's awesome. There's a place for you. And it's His presence where you'll find everything that you've ever been looking for. And I think that that is such great perspective from David in this passage. I'm not concerning myself with fear, but instead I'm walking in the confidence that God gives me. And I'm walking in my desire for His presence 24 7. Isn't that beautiful perspective from David? It's awesome. The third thing that we're looking at quickly is his shelter. Uh, Verse 5 spoke about it. uh, he He will hide me in his shelter, for in the day of trouble he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I think that when we live our lives like this, when we live our lives with this confidence that God gives us, that we're not living in fear, we're living in the confidence that God gives us, he, he says that he'll do three things. I think these are great to jot down. The first thing that God says he'll do in his presence is he'll hide us. He'll hide us in his presence. Uh, his shelter is a quiet and secure place. I don't know about you, but the world that we live in, how many of you long for a quiet and secure place that God offers He's offering that to us today. It's a place of protection from our enemies, that when our enemies encamp around us, He protects us. Now, take note that God doesn't say that He will prevent trouble from coming our way. He says He will hide us, and He'll even give us blessing and protection, even in the face of trouble. That's what He says He'll do. He'll hide us. Second thing He says He'll do is He'll lift us up. Right, So David knew that a life spent seeking God will give us a measure of his protection, even from enemies that are rampaging against us. He's saying it to us today again. He will do it. A life spent seeking God, he will protect us against our enemies. And I love how it says, God will lift us head and shoulders above those who are trying to pull us down. Isn't that a great promise this morning? That when you have enemies in your life that are trying to pull you down, God says in his presence, he will pull you head and shoulders above those enemies. And then the third part I just love, lift our head. You know, the only time that we walk around with our head dropped down, how many of you know, is when we're full of fear or when we're full of shame. You walk with your head down, right? But God says he will lift our heads he says that he'll be the lifter of our heads. When we spend our life with a single focus of saying my desire is to be in your house and your presence all the days of my life, he will lift our head from shame, he will lift our head from fear, we'll walk around with our heads lifted high by God. And then all of this causes us to offer those sacrifices of praise to God. It causes us to sing. You see, like David, if your life is marked with celebration and thanksgiving for God as he hides us, as he lifts up our head, as he lifts up us up in the face of the giants all around us, it has to cause us to be in a place of thanksgiving and celebration and praise for him. Amen. That should be a reflection of our lives all the time. The last one we're going to look at, number four, is seek his face. I love this. Verse 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. And then it says, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servants away in anger. O you have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God, of my salvation. He says, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. There seems to be a change in how David is speaking in this section of the psalm. Suddenly, what we seem to hear is David's pleading out with God. So his enemies are after him, they're coming for him. And so he's crying out to God in that moment God, don't forsake me. Verse 8, you have said, seek my face. And he's saying, your face, Lord, I'm seeking. I'm seeking it. Don't desert me. And it's, it's the type of seeking in those moments that sounds like calling out at the top of your lungs. You said, seek my face. And so at the top of my lungs, I'm calling for you. I'm seeking after you. Don't leave me. And I think that it's when we realize that the only place we want to be is in the house of God, the only place we want to be is in the presence of God, that is when our most meaningful worship gets offered up to God. Amen. You see, when we get to the place of saying, I can't trust in my own strength, God, you are my strength, that's when our truest worship actually goes out to God. You see, we're not making it about ourselves anymore. We're saying it's about God, you are my strength. It's only when we say that the one and only thing I truly seek and desire is the face of the Lord, so that when storm comes and trouble comes our way, we know where our eyes are fixed. They're fixed on the face of Jesus And Jesus alone. And so to be strong in the face of our weakness, our eyes must be set on Jesus. That is when our truest worship is offered up to him. As the band joins me on stage, verse 13, another one that I love to print out. It says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I love it. And so, when we do this, when we choose a life with God as our light, and we choose a life with God as our salvation, as we choose this life of God as our strength, you are my light and my salvation and my strength. When we choose to walk in the confidence that God says He gives us over fear, we choose confidence over fear. When we make the choice to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our life, what happens when we do that is it brings us to a place of knowing that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It brings us to a place of knowing that that we will see his goodness in this life. And so wait on the Lord. I love that. We're going to sing it again now. Wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It means stick with God stay with God. It means hold fast onto God. It's having a single-mindedness, right? One thing that I seek, one thing that I desire, not two things, not three things. The one thing I seek, the one thing I desire, that's waiting on the Lord. It's a single-minded focus on Jesus and Jesus alone. And so my encouragement out of the psalm this morning is just that. It's wait on the Lord. Hold on to Him. Stick with Him. Single-minded focus on Him. Be strong in the Lord. He is your strength. You're not strong enough. Be strong in the Lord. The third one, take courage. It literally says that God will give you the courage to live this life. Take courage. Do not be afraid. Set your hope on Jesus. Set your hope on Jesus. There isn't a lot of hope left in the world, but hope has a name, amen? Jesus, set your hope on him. He is the everlasting God. And we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you stand up with me this morning as the band comes and joins me on stage. We're going to sing this again. As we sing out this psalm, as we sing out scripture, Lord is my light and my salvation. We want to say thank you, Jesus. We want to say thank you that we can say that you are not just a light, that you are our light, that you are our salvation, that you are our strength, Jesus. We thank you that you're a personal God who loves us deeply. And so this morning I pray, as we've looked at your word, as we looked at the psalm, won't you speak meaningfully, won't you work deeply in every single heart, every single life. We pray and ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's sing that together one more time. Thanks, guys.